Hey guys, it's me Dami, and you are listening to Moisturize Your Elbows. This podcast is your one-stop shop for all my unsolicited advice and opinions. So sit back, relax, moisturize your elbows, and let's get into it. So welcome to part two of appropriation versus appreciation. In the last episode, we went through some of the context of cultural appropriation, why it's an issue, and the difference between cultural appropriation and cultural exchange and appreciation. If you haven't listened to part one yet, then I would encourage you to listen to that first. But everything in part two will make sense, even if you haven't listened to part one. So just live your best lives. But this episode will be mainly focusing more on what we can do to avoid cultural appropriation. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you what you should and should not do, but I will go through a few things I think we should all keep in mind. So I think the main thing is just to be maintaining that energy. If you show love and appreciation for parts of a culture, such as the clothing or the hairstyles or accessories, but you remain prejudiced against its people, then that's appropriation. Maintain that energy that you demonstrate when the bashment or the Afrobeats comes on at Notting Hill Carnival all year round. For example, I've mentioned how much I love Indian culture. And a few months ago, I saw a few posts on social media raising awareness for the farmers' protests that were going on in India. And in a few of the posts by the people raising awareness, they tried to call out the largely white influencer base who promote yoga and other aspects of Indian culture on things like Instagram and Facebook. But they stayed silent when people from that same culture were suffering. While I don't think I was necessarily the intended target audience for these posts, I'm not white or a yogi, but the posts really resonated with me and I felt really called out by them. At the time, I did not know anything about the farmers' protests. I had no idea what was going on on the ground in India. I needed to maintain that same energy I had on Diwali when I was wearing my sari or when I was backpacking through India, when it came to real problems in India that were affecting Indian people. So if you're treating people from a cultural group badly or you're completely ignoring the issues that they're facing or even being racist towards that group, but then use that same culture for your own personal use or capital gain, that is appropriation. So try to avoid cherry picking and engage with other cultures with depth. And remember that cultural appropriation is not the same as diversity. For example, when Mark Jacobs sent out those models in Bantu knots, or when Stella McCartney used Ankara print fabric, as well as acknowledging the African inspiration adequately and giving credit to it, and if applicable, giving compensation for its use, it would have also been great to see the representation of black models. I think it's also really important to keep checking in with yourself and ask yourself where your heart sits. What are your intentions? When talking about racism and microaggressions, I always tell people to prioritize impact over intention. So this might seem a little contradictory, but please bear with me. 
There is a big difference between taking advantage of a culture and appreciating. And from the outside looking in, it's impossible to know what your intentions are. So a few questions that you can use as a starting point, which I like to ask myself are, do I understand the significance of what I'm doing here? Am I respecting this culture or am I imitating it or stereotyping it? Am I trying to profit or get some kind of benefit from this culture? And if I am being influenced by another culture, have I given credit to it? And lastly, will I offend anyone who belongs to this culture? You may not have all the answers to these questions, but being mindful of these things will make it more likely that your heart is in the right place. Have that is this appropriation or is this appreciation conversation with yourself? But even if you don't have negative intentions, you could still have a negative impact. So it's important that after checking in with yourself, you move from your intention to focus on how it's manifested in reality. And in doing so, you can try to ensure that you're having a positive impact. And a key part of having the right impact is by properly understanding and respecting whatever you take from another culture. Going through a process of education will help to inform your actions. For example, knowing the cultural origin of clothing or hairstyle or food is a really good starting point. Like I always say, literally just Google it. Perhaps if you knew more about the history of the Trail of Tears, where thousands of Native Americans were forcibly relocated, or about the forced assimilation of Native American children, where they would have their indigenous culture beaten out of them, then maybe you might have a different approach to wearing Native American headdresses for Halloween or to festivals. And context is important. A lot of people have grown up with other cultures, so it makes sense that it would become part of their style or their ways of speaking or becomes part of their vocabulary. For example, black culture has influenced so many aspects of popular culture that everything you see today is arguably based on it in some way. Even if you haven't had a direct proximity to other cultures, as I mentioned in part one, you will most likely have been indirectly influenced by other cultures through globalization. Therefore, many people are just following the only culture that they have ever known. This is very different to cultural appropriation, which is like wearing someone else's culture as a costume. For example, back to that Native American example, wearing Native American headdresses to a festival this is very different to having grown up around Native American culture that it becomes part of your own culture, which would perhaps be appreciation, whereas wearing to a festival, which I think would move from appreciation of a Native American culture to the appropriation of it. And you can contrast this with being invited to a wedding of a different culture and the hosts have told you that they are happy with you wearing traditional clothing. 
For example, when my sister got married a few years ago, a few of my close friends came to the wedding and they all wore geles, which are these traditional Nigerian head ties. And a couple of them even joined in with the Asha Ebi, which is where we all wear these matching material. This clearly is very different to wearing cultural clothing as a costume. There are times where it's encouraged to try something different from your own culture. So context becomes very important in understanding when something is appreciation or appropriation. But people have the right to be offended if they want to be. Like I said, this is a very contentious area and I can only represent my own perspectives as they stand today. I am not and I'm not trying to be the authority in all things race related. There are things that I used to be offended about that now I just could not care less about. Likewise, there are so many things that I used to just let go and there were people I gave a pass to that I would not dream of doing the same thing today. I think there can be a lot of infighting when it comes to cultural appropriation and I will hold myself fully accountable to sometimes being a part of this. I get really annoyed when I see other black people deferring to, or I think they're deferring to their white counterparts. For example, when they give them a pass at saying the N word and then they become the token black friend and thus the spokesperson for all things black. And it can be really tempting to want to prevent certain people from speaking on cultural issues because you might feel that they are not rooted in the culture enough or perhaps that you think they're opinion is just plain wrong but this isn't fair this is why we need to stop homogenizing people people are allowed to be angry about the things that affect them we need to stop also playing devil's advocates for lived experiences that involve real pain and real lives and real truth. So even if I don't think something is cultural appropriation and might not be offended by it other people might and that's okay. That is their right. For example, I'm a big fan of dashikis. For those of you who don't know what this is, a dashiki is this colourful garment, usually in a tunic shape with African print on it, which originates from West Africa. And I have many dashikis in different colours and I wear them all year round, but especially in the summer. And I'm Nigerian, so for me, it's a real outward showcasing of black pride and beauty. And I also think they just look really nice. So after a trip to Nigeria a few years ago, I came back with dashikis for all my close friends as a present from the trip. My friends loved it and we often wore them at the same time to match. And more recently, I moved into a new flat, which was pretty multicultural. There was me, of course, from Nigeria. There were two of my flatmates, which are Indian. And there was one who was Chinese American. And the Chinese American girl brought us all these T-shirts that had the word Boston printed on them which is where she's from in America and I'm a big fan of graphic t-shirts I'm pretty cheesy when it comes to things like that and whenever I go traveling I always tend to buy the t-shirts with the name of the country I've been to I will always be that person on the flight back home looking like the biggest tourist ever so I really loved the Boston t-shirts and like I mentioned for Diwali my Indian flatmates 
brought out saris for all of us to wear. So I was really keen to share some of my own Nigerian culture. So I bought them all dashikis. At this stage, buying my friends a dashiki has become an act of friendship and most of my close friends have them. But if you're listening to this right now and you consider yourself a close friend of mine, but you haven't received a dashiki from me, please don't take it personally. Just hit me up and I'll definitely get you one because I love giving my friends dashikis because I love sharing aspects of my culture. So I tell this story as someone who has never thought twice before giving my white friends African clothing. It has never crossed my mind that this would be cultural appropriation. And rather, it makes me happy when I see my friends in them and they are embracing my culture. But other people might not think the same way. In the same way that I'm not offended when my friends wear dashikis and my flatmates were not offended when I wore a sari at Diwali, Let the people whose culture it is decide themselves what they take offence to, but also understand that not everyone will have the same opinions. No individual speaks on behalf of a whole race or cultural group. There are no absolutes. So it's impossible to say what will always amount to cultural appropriation or be offensive. That being said, it's a really good idea to speak to someone you know from a cultural group before you participate in their culture if you're having any doubts or feeling uncertain about it. For example, I travelled around Japan a couple of years ago and it was a really educational to speak to the Japanese people I met about how they felt about tourists wearing kimonos. This really helped to inform my actions and make me feel comfortable in what I did. But try and speak to a wide variety of people. Be mindful about what they say, but don't let it put you off. Don't be so frightened that you just don't do anything at all. While I strongly believe that everyone has authority on their lived experience and every right to feel what they're feeling, but... It would be impossible to take every opinion on board, especially when they might be contradictory. Some people might also be a bit more sensitive to things or may even be going out of their way to be contrarian or offended by things. There will never be universal agreement among all members of a cultural group of what is or is not okay. Because we are not all the same and everyone's opinion is informed by their individual experiences. So just try to be mindful, like I said, throughout it all. And in the end, you'll need to make a judgment call on how you proceed. That's a call that you will have to make yourself. But it's absolutely okay if you don't always get it right. But at the same time, we need to ensure that What is actually being exhibited is cultural exchange and appreciation and not appropriation. And while I'm not advocating for cancel culture, there does need to be some consequences for actions. If you do, if you do something to disrespect a group of people, you should have to answer for it in some way. So if you see people or companies doing something that doesn't sit right with you, something that looks a whole lot like cultural appropriation, then call them out on it. Make sure that they are aware that you have noticed and then call them in. 
In calling them in, you can explain why you think that what they've done is problematic and what they could have done instead. This doesn't have to be done in a harsh or an attacking way and can be a great opportunity for learning. Focus on informing people rather than humiliating or belittling them. No one likes being told what they can or cannot do. But open dialogue and constructive conversations makes it more likely that progress will be achieved. Lastly, it's important to realise the importance of identity. Cultural identity is such a key aspect of who we are and how we see ourselves. For example, being Nigerian is an important aspect of my sense of self. And I've also been in many instances speaking to white people where they would tell me about their ancestry in great detail and the 2% Italian and the 6% German and so on that they have in their blood. And they're really proud of it. Where we come from is important. So for people from marginalized groups, it can be upsetting watching our cultural identity eroded or being watered down as it becomes part of a global identity and multiculturalism. We want to celebrate our cultures and for people to take an interest in it, but there can sometimes be an almost you can look but you cannot touch mentality when it comes to cultural sharing. A bit like when you go to a museum or an art gallery and you can see these masterpieces ring-fenced or put behind screens and these signs are there that say, please don't touch. And I can completely understand this approach and it's something that I'm trying to reconcile with myself as well. Because a massive pet peeve of mine is when I meet other white people or other non-Nigerians who love Nigerian culture Perhaps they have other Nigerian friends or they've eaten Nigerian food or maybe they've even traveled to Nigeria many times before. And they try to relate to me in a way that is like they're trying to tell me about my own culture. For example, my name is Dami, which is the short of Dami Lohan, which is also an abbreviation of my full name, which is Olua Dami Lohan. Dami is actually a pretty popular name in Nigeria. However, it's usually short for Dami Lola. But when I was born, I came at the right times in my parents' lives. So my parents decided to name me Oluwa Dami Lohan, which in Yoruba means God has answered my prayers. Pretty cute. I know, right? I'm an answered prayer. You don't have to tell me. (laughs) But I've been in countless situations where other non-Nigerians have approached me and called me Dami Lola. And because they've had some exposure to Nigerian culture and people, they assume that must be my name because that's the more widely and more popular version of the name. I even had someone tell me that I was wrong that my name was Dami Lohan and told me that I must be whitewashed because it was clearly Dami Lola, which of course isn't my name. So it can be really annoying when other people try to tell me about my own culture. So I can completely understand how tempting it can be to gatekeep a culture or to try to exclude so-called outsiders. 
But for a truly diverse society, we need a foundation of reciprocity and common ground and a true understanding that culture is fluid and that cultural exchange is a natural consequence of globalization and an important part of an equal society. Overall, it's clear that there's no definitive guide for what will or will not always amount to cultural appropriation. Likewise, it's also clear that there is a danger of attempting to guard the cultures we emerge from and exclude others. I know that this was a highly requested podcast topic, so I really wish I could just give you guys a checklist that you could go through quickly that will lead to you being right every time. But there isn't a mathematical equation that can tell you what is or is not cultural appropriation. Likewise, what amounts to racism is not a hard science. There is so much more nuance to it than that. And it can be frustrating feeling worried about getting things wrong, but that's okay. We won't always get things right all the time. I don't always get things right all the time, but that's just a part of life and a part of learning and a part of growth. However, I hope that this discussion and the points I made has been helpful. So this brings us to the end of season two. Wow, 10 weeks of episodes have just flown right by. And I really hope you guys have enjoyed listening to the past 10 weeks of episodes. I'm going to have a bit of a gap between the launch of season three. So if there's anything you'd like to hear me talk about next season, then just let me know. Please also follow me on Instagram at Moisturize Your Elbows. I would love to hear what your favorite episode of season two has been. And if you have any feedback on how I can make season three even better, that would be great as well. But until then, don't forget to moisturize your elbows. <laughs>